Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. Hello and welcome to the December episode of First Look ETF. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. It is great to have you with us for our last episode of 2023. Coming up on today's program, the financial landscape is being dramatically reshaped by cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, and other key technological trends. We'll analyze one ETF that's focused on this megatrend. And we'll also tell you about a new ETF that helps you diversify your investment income beyond traditional sources like equity dividends and bonds. And finally, we will examine a new ETF that invests in a unique category called critical technologies. But first, to kick things off, we've got Douglas Jonas, head of ETFs from the NYSC. Douglas, it is so great to see you again. Hi, Stephanie. It's great to see you as we kind of get ready here for year end. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start out, first of all, on the latest ETF launch activity. Yeah, I mean, November just kept the trend up. We were super busy. The industry, we launched 60-60 ETFs throughout the month, raising over $10 billion. I said that with a B. Now, again, $9 billion of that came from conversions. But look, this year, 2023, record-breaking year. We've already broken the record for the most ETFs launched in a year. Over 484 ETFs have launched year to date bringing in $39 billion of new assets. So the ETF conversions, they continue to grow. I mean, over 13 billion in conversions this year. Who's counting? We are $70 billion has converted from mutual funds and SMAs directly into ETFs. Yes, so amazing, record milestones. Also, you guys celebrated your 30 year anniversary. We did. I mean, it's been, it's wild, right? I mean, this is the 30th year of ETFs here in the US. It's been a record-breaking year, I said, in terms of total launches. And there's been a lot of really neat stories. I mentioned the story of the conversions. There's also been the story of active ETFs. Mm. It's been a big year for actives. About 75% of all launches have been active year to date. And about a quarter of all ETF cash flow have been going into actively managed ETFs. But let's not forget indexes. I mean, $340 billion year to date have all been into index ETFs. And as you'll hear from today's episode, there are really unique and new ways of looking at index across all of the different ETFs out there. And, and it's, it's, been, it's been fascinating. And you're going to see that in the upcoming episode. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, what's been really extraordinary to watch is even during these tumultuous times, you know, we've seen the market have its ups and downs. You guys have still managed to pull all of this off. It, it really is quite impressive. 
It has. And I mean, look, the equity markets have done well recently. We're all sort of crossing our fingers and hoping for this Santa Claus rally. But, you know, right. throughout really across the board for ETFs, it's been really strong year. I mean, commodities have done well. Fixed income still strong, about 40% of all cash flow into fixed income ETFs this year. Crypto, I mean, geez, the, the, the buzz around the potential for an upcoming launch of a spot Bitcoin ETF. But look, Ether ETFs have been launched using futures. They've done exceptionally well. We've talked about that. And I mean, it's all about education. The New York Stock Exchange, we're focused on education. If anyone's been to ETFcentral.com, you know we continue to upgrade a lot of the information out there. We continue to grow it. And we have the podcast. If you haven't listened in, please check out the podcast for ETF Central. Yeah, big stuff going on. Douglas, before we let you go, um, looking ahead to 2024, you know, you talked about actively managed ETFs. What other trends are you guys watching? Yeah, we're watching a lot of different income categories. You're going to hear from that today uh, with, with some of the conversations going on with Janice. We're, we're watching a lot of the categories around the digital asset space. Again, people are sort of hoping maybe the first quarter we'll start to see a spot Bitcoin ETF. But we're really mostly focused on the educational piece. The more we can get investors and advisors to focus on ETFs, to learn about them. That's why we have that certified ETF advisor designation. Again, you can find it all at ETF Central. Uh, please join in. Listen in. To the, this is going to be one of the best episodes of the year. If you've gotten this yes. far, stay tuned. Uh, our guests this they are the, among the best of the best when it comes to the ETF uh, landscape. So you're going to learn a lot uh, by watching t today's episode. Great stuff indeed. Douglas, thank you so much for the update. It is great to have you with us as always sharing all those milestones and so much success that you guys have had in 2023. And we will look forward to a great 2024 as well. Thanks, Stephanie. I hope you have a great rest of the year. And just a quick reminder to watch First Look ETF on Amazon Fire TV and Roku. We also simulcast First Look ETF on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other major podcasting platforms, so be sure to check it out. Because the U.S. economy is broad and advanced, many technologies are imperative for maintaining economic stability and national security. The X-Tracker's U.S. National Critical Technologies ETF, and that ticker is CRTC, focuses its attention in this arena. Well, here to tell us more about it is Arna Nowak, Head of Systematic Investment Solutions Americas at DWS Investment Management. Thanks, Arna. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. It's a pleasure. So the X-Tracker's U.S. National Critical Technologies ETF, and that ticker is CRTC. This is among your firm's latest ETF launches. Uh, Tell us about this fund um, based on what we've seen so far. You guys have a unique screening method for investments as well. Absolutely, Stephanie. So Critical Tech or CRTC is our most recent launch and we're super happy to be able to bring that to market. Um, viewers will know that there is a few technology ETFs already out there in the market. What makes CRTC or Critical Tech so special is that it focuses only on those areas that the US government decides has decided to be of critical importance critical mm. importance in a sense that those technologies there's a 14 areas of technologies for example ai biotechnology semiconductor just to name a few those are areas of critical importance for the health well-being and future competitiveness of the united states and its economy and that's an official list decided and determined by the u.s government and our index our etf makes those technologies investable 
It's fascinating. What made you guys decide, okay, we're going to take a look at the Department of Defense and some of their critical technology areas, and then we're going to create an ETF around it. How did you come to, to make that decision? Yes. So for CRTC, we partner with two partners. Uh, the, the index provider is Selective, and Selective have partners with a US-based, DC-based uh, consulting company called J.H. Whitney. J.H. Whitney specializes in the areas of um, you know those critical technologies. Uh, their CEO John O'Connor uh, has been instrumental in in determining those critical uh, technology areas and the, the origination of that idea. Uh, we attribute fully to to J.H. Whitney and John in particular, and we were grateful to uh, be approached for a partnership in that regard. Yeah. So CRTC then uh, by by. By that notion, you guys are linked to that sole active Whitney U.S. Critical Technologies Index. Um, how often is the fund rebalanced? And are you free to share some of the top holdings within your fund? Yes, absolutely. So the underlying index is uh, rebalanced on a quarterly basis to make sure it's, uh, it's up to date on an ongoing basis. <clears throat> the, the underlying uh, components are market cap weighted, but uh, they have an embedded cap of a maximum of 5%. Also, to avoid an illiquid tail, they have to have a minimum weight of five basis points. So much for the, uh, so much for the rebalancing technicalities. And the top holdings are some of the largest technology companies, of course, Microsoft, NVIDIA, to name a few. The top industry groups uh, include biotechnology, and they include systems and software as well as semiconductors. So the top three industry group make, groups make up around about uh, 50% as you would expect. It's a very uh, tech-heavy, hence the name, critical mm -hmm. technologies, tech-heavy exposure. And what about AI? Are you guys diving into AI as well? Absolutely. AI is part of, part of the critical technologies area, and in particular, NVIDIA is in, amongst the top holders. All right, Arna, thank you so much for joining us, sharing more about CRTC. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. It's a pleasure to be here. Investment income from non-traditional sources like asset-backed securities can help diversify your streams of income. It may also enhance your overall income strategy by providing higher and more sustainable income. What's not to like about that? Well, here to elaborate is John Kirchner. He's with the Janice Henderson Group. John, it's so great to see you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So you guys uh, have the Janice Henderson Securitized Income ETF, that ticker JSI. This is among your firm's latest ETF launches. Tell us about it. What areas of the income market is JSI focused on? Yeah, so the U.S. fixed income market is actually massive at $52 trillion. Most of that is U.S. Treasuries at $25 trillion. Agency mortgages, these are the government guaranteed mortgages at $9 trillion, and corporate bonds at $9 trillion. And then if you take out municipal bonds, that's $4 trillion. The remainder of $5 trillion is what this ETF focuses on. It's asset-backed securities, commercial mortgage backs, uh, mortgage securities, and CLOs, collateralized loan obligations. So $5 trillion market, currently very high yielding, somewhere in the 75 to 8% range. Um, still very high credit quality. We think the ETF will be somewhere around A-rated, but also very important, non-correlated to both equities and corporate debt. And maybe most important is the fact that because the big 
indices in fixed income, particularly the aggregate bond index, has a very low weighting to securitize um, securities that most people are very underweighted, this, this large and very attractive asset class. That's why we're launching Janice Henderson Securitized Income. Yeah, and, and, you know, to take a deeper dive on that note, um, explain a little bit more about how JSI is different from, let's say, a regular bond index fund or ETF, and then what made you guys, again, want to really hone in on this sector? Yeah, so, um, like I said, the biggest bond index out there, the aggregate, is basically made up of 50% treasuries, 28% agency or government guaranteed mortgages, and 25% corporate credit with only 2% securitized. So if most people, when they own a bond fund, actually are very underweight this part of the fixed income markets, and the ag only yields um, below 5%, actually about 4.9%. By investing in this ETF, you're actually, like I said, getting closer to 8% uh, types of yield, which we think are very attractive, without taking much credit risk at all. And then you have the diversification play as well. So what we think most people want out of their fixed income is income, obviously, first and foremost, but also high credit quality and the diversification factor. And that's what JSI is giving investors today. So how do you see a fund like JSI being used by financial advisors and investors, let's say, inside a diversified portfolio? Well, most financial advisors or even individual investors, when they want that higher degree of income, what do they do? They usually reach for yield by going down in credit quality. So they'll go by, for example, a high yield corporate credit index. Two problems with that, you're taking a lot of credit risk, which, you know, probably not the best time to do it given the economy slowing down. But you're also um, missing out on this uh, large asset class of securitized credit where you can get that income without taking the huge amount of credit risk that you would in a high yield uh, type of strategy. Yeah, so we think that most people who want the income don't want that credit, um, that down quality for credit. And so this is a product that will help investors get that income without the, the risk that a high yield strategy would, would uh, give them. All right, John Kirshner, thank you so much for sharing more about JSI. Uh, John Kirshner, Janice Henderson, thanks so much for joining us on First Look ETF. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. The growth of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology is reshaping almost all industries. It's also creating new investment opportunities. So what would the future of finance look like and how can you plug in? We'll hear to discuss an ETF that targets this mega trend is David Lavelle, Global Head of ETFs at Grayscale Investments. Hi, David. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, before we discuss your recently launched ETF, tell us more about the trend of digitalization in the financial sector and what it means for investors. Look, we could take that so many different ways, but let's start with markets. When I started in this industry not that long ago, we were trading in fractions and with hand signals, and we certainly have moved to like a much more automated marketplace and trading in pennies, which is a lot you know easier for investors to handle, handle and manage. But from a consumer's perspective, think about what we have at our fingertips now. We have the opportunity to trade and manage our portfolios and, you know, do research on individual stocks or ETFs or companies. Um, and you have other technologies like, you know, Venmo or PayPal to be able to be transferring money 
you know, between uh, between one another, which is really kind of a you know an advantage for investors and, and for consumers more generally. And then when you talk about it from like an investing perspective, um, you know, it's a tremendous benefit for for investors to be able to take advantage of you know how much more efficient the market has been as a result of the digitization and result of the technology advancements, and that has brought much more cost savings and efficiency to to end investors. Trades not that long ago were $75 to trade an odd lot. And now, you know, many trades are free on brokerage platforms that you have, you know, personal and direct access to. So digitization is all around us and it's impacting the markets and consumers and investors alike. Yeah. I mean, it really is amazing when you break it down like that, um, how far we've come so quickly. Um, the Grayscale Future of Finance ETF, the ticker there is GFOF. This is a unique offering and a little bit different compared to the other offerings at Grayscale. Um, how does this fund work and what does it hold? Sure. So this is uh, another story of a new thematic product coming to market and defining a new theme in the market. And the theme is the digital economy. And we were very deliberate in the way that we constructed this product. It's an index-based product. It holds global equities. And it's really about doing something that hasn't been seen before in the marketplace. There's lots of thematic products that are blockchain thematic products or products that are really trying to replicate the price of Bitcoin uh, or other digital assets. And this is really not what uh, we're targeting. What we're targeting here is really you know, defining the digital economy in the form of three different pillars. We're talking about financial foundations, technology solutions, and digital asset infrastructure. And so we're recognizing that there's a, a real change in the way that everything is going to be done in the future as a result of this technology advancement in the form of you know, crypto and digital assets. And what we're really saying is, look, in 1998, when everyone was looking and staring down the advancement of the internet, but not exactly knowing how it was going to impact all of our lives, but knowing it was going to be here for a long time, how do we invest in the infrastructure of that and how are we able to take advantage of that, no matter what the winners and the losers are? Yeah. So you're taking like a macro multi-tiered approach. Um, on that note, how do you see a fund like GFOF being utilized by investors and financial advisors? Look, thematic offerings have done a very good job of offering investors a, a little bit of a different take on, in this case, the global equity market. Uh, it's a growth story. Uh, right now, you know, there's a couple of dozen uh, of tickers that are constituents of GFOF, but we recognize that this is a growing segment of the marketplace. And we think in the future, it's going to be, you know, 30, 40, 50, maybe even more products that are going to be constituents, you know, representing, you know, each one of those fundamental pillars of the product. Um, you know, we believe that this is an opportunity for investors to, to seek this technology solution that we're not exactly sure how it's going to manifest uh, for all different investors and and for all different types of um, you know the market, but what we think is is an opportunity for a diversification play, an opportunity to participate in the growth of crypto, an opportunity to diversify your portfolio, uh, and really take advantage of you know the different advancements of this technology. All right, well, David, thank you so much for your insights. Thanks for joining us here on First Look ETF, and keep up the good work. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that does it for today's episode of First Look ETF. If you enjoyed the show, tell us in the comments section below and by hitting the like button. A big thanks to all of our guests, along with Douglas Jonas at the New York Stock Exchange. Be sure to check out ETFcentral.com to learn more. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next season, season four of First Look ETF.
Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.